Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Welcome to Game of Thrones Offseason here at the AfterBuzz TV studios. On this episode and in the spirit of the holiday season, we're going to be talking the most magical moments of our most magical show, Abracadabra. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she wow. She didn't see it coming. Wow, I missed that. <laughs> Woo. Magic, it's all around it's you. It's all around us. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Game of Thrones Off Season. Uh, basically, this is a show where we get together in the AfterBuzz TV studios to catch up on all the latest Game of Thrones fan theories, news, and fun mm-hmm. topics of discussion. As I said before, this episode we're talking magic. Magic! It is so real! But first, Kristen, this is Kristen Snyder, everybody. Kristen What's Elizabeth up? Snyder, a.k.a. Cinematic Escape, the most Happy magical hostess in all the lands. Aww. And I'm Ryan Malati, and we can't wait to dive into our subject material today. Um, but first, let's talk some news. Kristen, some news. what's going on in the magical world of Game of Thrones as we know it? Well, we have a sort of premiere date for season eight. They say it's going to be the end of April, either April 21st or 28th. So the wait is okay. almost over. We got about three more of these shows, and then we'll be talking about the show again. Three which more super... of, of our podcast. Yeah, of, of our monthly <laughs> Podcast, making everybody excited about season eight, mm-hmm. and then it'll be the new show. And then we can, and then you can find us here every week <laughs> after that. Yeah, for six episodes. <laughs> only six, and season then and then I don't know. Episodes. We'll have to see if we do any kind of show reunion with all of our hosts or something. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll but do something for sure. In the meantime, we, we got our monthly show, and I can't wait for April. Yeah, I can, but I. You know who else can't to. wait? Who can't wait? Littlefinger. Ah. Aiden Gillen, he spoke to ET Online and said he always thought it'd be nice for Game of Thrones to have a happy ending, uh-huh. but he can't imagine it would be appropriate. He goes on to say, of it's a great not. thing. I'll be excited to watch it as an audience member. It's He's hoping, though, that it's something unexpected. I'm sure it will be. That's why we all love Game of Thrones, it's that shock value, which is why I agree with him. I do not think it's going to be a happy ending. And he admitted that the general consensus during his time on set was that nobody knew how the show would end, including the showrunners and the writers. That's, that's interesting that you say that, because uh, I think it was the last episode that we did was on the writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you, you uh, hosted that one for us, Again. and we had a writer in... Um, Professor Jeremy Dan from USC, and we were talking about how crucial it was to know the ending before you even start, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, so many things are intertwined, so many levels, so many depths of plot in this show, and it's hard to imagine that they just didn't know where it was going. No one knows. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's fair, because, you know, when you start off a show like this, you can't really imagine that it's going to be a worldwide phenomenon like it has been. 
But one more thing that's exciting hmm. um, in 2019 after season eight is all done. You can buy the box set of seasons one through eight, and there's also going to be a reunion special on that box set oh. with old characters like Ned and Jason Momoa, who played Cal Drogo. Mm-hmm. So that's you know probably worth the buy just for that bonus oh, uh, show. Perfect timing, too, for Christmas next year. Yeah. You know what? I really wish that somehow we had another host with us tonight. I just think it'd make the show more fun. Well, keep wishing. <laughs> <laughs> Rub your lamp and wish hard. I think it's going to work. <laughs> did you know that the uh, the origin of the genie myth that we're so familiar with from Disney's Aladdin came from the mythology of the jinn, which was uh, oh. a mystical, magical, kind of warlock kind of creature you could make wishes to uh, back in the the uh, Arabian, Arabian Nights saga. One of the oldest... Oh. Uh, scriptures or book of stories that we have that humanity has still left intact so the jinn are the genie so rub your lamp and wish for okay. another host <laughs> if you're a magician ryan you'll make this happen for me <laughs> hello no. i'm ryan the wizard and on today's episode <laughs> we might make someone disappear or, or appear, appear. <laughs> hopefully um in the meantime Thank you for your news. Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to next year's season, and you better believe I'm getting that box set for somebody I know. <laughs> if, she doesn't, if she doesn't use all her wishes first. <laughs> <laughs> so, let us dive in to the magical world of Game of Thrones. Please. Magic. Yeah. Magic is real. <laughs> when you ask the average person what they think magic is, I mean, you're not saying you're an average person, but Kristen, what do you, when I say the word magic, what does that mean to you? I would say that it means like an unexplainable appearance or disappearance or phenomenon. Basically, anything that's unexplainable in my mind is magic. Like a lot of people think that like technology and creating a website is magic because we don't know how it happened. So I would agree with all those. Like it's something that we can't explain. We don't know how it happened. It's magic to us. There is a quote that I'm not going to get completely right, but it goes something like any... uh, so sufficiently, far so good. <laughs> yeah, right. Any sufficiently advanced form of technology is indistinguishable from magic. As in, if you mm. brought an iPad with some kind of portable Wi-Fi, because, like, I mean, iPad doesn't really do much about internet, come on. Yeah. But if you had, you know, the internet and the Wi-Fi and you brought it back to a thousand years ago and showed them an iPad, that would be a magical exactly. tablet. It would be a magic mirror, so to mm. speak, because they just don't understand how it works. Maybe magic is real and we just don't know how it works, but I think the key is that magic cannot be explained, right? Right. It's occurrences and happenings that cannot be explained with our physical laws of the universe. And, well, I believe in magic. And you know what? (laughs) There's a lot of parallels between the magic that we believe in as humans Mm -hmm. throughout human history and the magic in our modern fantasy tales. So let's go through our most magical moments in Game of Thrones and try to make parallels and connections between the magic of their world and the magic of our world, starting with our first magical moment. Oh! When Danny hatches her dragons. Yes! I mean, there's a lot of magical moments with dragons, <laughs> but I think this is the moment where we saw there was definitely going to be another, a whole other world of magic in this Game of Thrones world. 
Yeah, right? I mean, not season, just... Season one, it was kind of a season one finale kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone had been talking about it. We were waiting. It was something that no one in the show believed existed. And us as audience members are like, how are they going to pull this off? So, and it was also said during errors where there was an abundance in the land that it was more magical when there was more dragons. It mm-hmm. was warmer. The winters have become longer now that there aren't dragons, obviously. And it's grown, it's grown colder. So I almost feel like they're saying, like, we need, you know, Daenerys in the throne and more dragons for everything to become okay again in balance with nature. Right. But no one told us she was going to have fireproof flesh and be mm. able to go sit on fire and bring these babies. When I first saw that, I figured it was some kind of spell or something. Yeah. I didn't realize that she herself was fireproof. I don't know that she did either. Right. Honestly, it was just about her children and like they always say, you know, mothers will do anything for their babies and she did. <laughs> well, it had been a long time since anyone had seen dragons to the point where even though there's still skeletons, you know, skulls mm-hmm. remaining, most of them were destroyed, but there were still a few. Uh, people still thought they were mythological creatures. And that often happens even in our history. There's something a lure of a creature or uh, an event that is mystified and deified. Right. And, uh, you know, super casualistic-ified. Yeah, I mean, it, you this, know? Um, this really began, I feel like, when people started talking about Daenerys and started spreading rumors about her and the fact that she, you know, had these dragons and she was able to hatch them and, you know, she was had this obviously not affected by fire, this uh, fireproof skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, I think they started believing that she was magic, So and so did we. I think that's when we really started to get on her side that, you know, maybe she is what the Seven Kingdoms needs. Right. These And even, remember when the comet fell? The red, mm-hmm. the red comet, stars fall for dragons, and you know, no man. What was her name? The uh, the wildling, um, Which take, wildling? the one who took care of Bran for the longest time. Oh, um, it begins with an M. Yeah, it does. We'll get back to it. <laughs> uh, but in, in our world, people have. Been, I, hate when I, I can't think I know, of things. Right? Go ahead and get us down in the comments, you guys. We uh, love your, we love your support. Um, in our world, they're. People have believed in dragons for the longest time, and mm-hmm. a lot of people think it might have been from comets or meteors, you know, stringing clouds throughout the sky. But in his book, a, An Instinct for Dragons, anthropologist Davy Jones suggests a hypothesis that humans, just like monkeys and other animals, Mira Reed, sorry. Mira Reed, yeah. <laughs> inherently, instinctively react to snakes. He found that approximately Ooh. 390 people in 1,000 are afraid of snakes. And notes that fear of snakes is especially prominent in children, even in areas where snakes are rare. So it's the earliest uh, attest to dragons all resemble snakes or, or bear, bear with snake-like attributes. So it could have been that just an inherent fear mm. of snakes maybe gave way to the mythology of a, of a larger threat of dragons. That makes sense to me. But dragons is something that is seen across all, almost all cultures and mm-hmm. all periods of time. To a modern day, uh, modern modern people, there's still there's documentaries out there mm-hmm. where people s- believe in dragons. They believe that there's a cover up. They believe. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of stuff on the on the dark web out there. Um, I personally 
think that there are plenty of creatures in the deep sea that we haven't discovered. And sure, there's probably reptiles and there may be even a Bigfoot. But I don't know about dragons. I don't know if they might have existed. A flying serpent sure of some kind. I'm sure they did. I'm sure there's just, we just don't have the records of them. And, uh, and even out of, like in space, like what creatures are out there that we don't know about? I don't know. But, you know, I, I could, I got to tell you, I could definitely use another perspective on this. I agree. I, where's that lamp? <laughs> Where's that lamp? You know, I'll tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to use some of my Ryan the Wizard magic magicianry to wish for another host. A host, preferably maybe a small child. I don't know. Maybe a small child. Maybe a man child. But uh, someone who knows something about dragons, maybe? Someone is, maybe who read the books? A devilishly handsome fellow. I don't know. I, I might be asking for too much, but... I wish, I wish, <laughs> I wish, <laughs> abracadabra, abracawild, I wish for a host named David Child. <laughs> oh! in line at, at Starbucks or something? Where, yeah. where? What happened? I was just buying like a Christmas present for, for my mom. Ah, yes. Not for you. I mean, <laughs> I was buying you a Christmas been present. been thinking about us a little bit. Yes, I've been thinking about you every single day. Welcome back. God. Welcome back, dude. We missed you, you so much. Thank you. I guess we got two yeah. wishes left. <laughs> Maybe something else <laughs> happened during Can you the wish show. for that present for my mom? It was... <laughs> He was in the middle of buying it. I got last. Amazon Prime. You're good. I'll talk after. Okay, go, go, go. Hey, go. you know, since you're just joining us, mm-hmm. um, what you guys through, talking through about? the ether, you. we're talking about the most magical <laughs> moments. Oh, magical. And we're talking about dragons and how magical they are. I love dragons. Specifically the moment about Daenerys hatched her dragons, but I think uh-huh. we've graduated to just dragons overall as magical creatures. I think you did a whole cool. episode on dragons, didn't you? Yeah, well, I did like, uh, I talked about monsters and the beasts and and all sorts of things. So dragons were very involved there. But yeah. Yeah, so tell us, Dave, what, do yes. you believe in dragons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do I believe dragons? Do, do you existed? believe in Do you believe in the mythical creatures such as Leviathan, Hydra, right. Draco? Dra- <laughs> Draco? Uh I know in uh I know that like the Le- well they're all like versions of things that have actually existed. Mm-hmm. They're all Things like I think when you're looking at dinosaur bones, I think it's easy to be like these probably breathe fire. Yeah, <laughs> these <laughs> these are probably a thing. So I think that's that's where a lot of it comes from. But yeah, I, I, yeah, that's probably real dragons out there. Yeah, it's it's almost as if magic incarnate. If it were to be a creature, it would be a dragon uh-huh. or a phoenix or a griffin. But I feel like dragon right. wins. Dragon's the most mythical magical creature there is, and it. It it shares that sentiment with dragons, most cultures. Dragons have the most. This is not part of Game of Thrones, but they also, when they have a personality like Smog of uh, of like Lord of the Rings, mm. they tend to be even Smog. more Smog. Smog, however you pronounce it, S M Smog or Smog. Smog. S M A U G. So there's some a lot of people argue over that, but mm. Smog is how I always call them. Mm. But um. Yeah, he was, like, there's a hoarding effect 
with dragons that's not a part of Game of Thrones. Mm. That they always like are on a big pile of gold, and that's so people can like find dragons, have to kill them in order to get the gold right. and the princess that they're holding, and so they. Because there's got to be an incentive. Because like, why would you go? Yeah, you're after not gonna go just to kill a dragon for the sake of killing a dragon. You got to save a princess, get a bunch of gold, get a bunch of gold. But in this case, in that order, yeah. In this case, they're kind of weapons of mass destruction in, this, mm-hmm. in like Game of Thrones. They're used as as weapons of war that they make. That's why no one wants to touch Daenerys. <laughs> Do you think that there's a future for dragons um, in this world? This oh, post once the sh- once the show's like done. Do you think? Yeah, the dragons right, after are done? after this great this great standoff between ice and fire. You know, is our dragons? You know, was there? Uh, well, was the, there a reason why they died out in in Westeros and and Essos, or right. you know, was it natural selection? Did did Daenerys bring in this Jurassic Park element into the world where, you know, the dragons What's, naturally found their found their leave, and now she brought them back into an ecosystem that can't really support them? Yeah, and it kind of seems like, and maybe you guys have already touched upon this, but when the dragons came back, it brought back all the magic. Mm. There was like no magic in that world, and a lot of people when they were watching the show, kind of got turned off as the show went on and became more and more fantastical. Mm. And the dragons came back and that brought back the White Walkers and that brought back everything. Well, the White Walkers, we technically saw them first, but like... Well, should we move off of dragons and onto the next... Ooh. And onto the next? To our Santa Clauses. Because you're absolutely right. When the After the dragons came, the big season one climax, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, we didn't see much... Uh, magic uh, until that point but except for the back, very first scene of game of thrones which was the white walkers taking down a whole bunch of people right and then you kind of forgot about it. yeah it's like all right well now we're just in it's medieval like, times for a while monsters and... anyways let's yeah. talk about politics and yeah. killing kids and incest yeah let's focus on that it goes hand in hand <laughs> dirty hands but they're in hands dirty and... hands push the kid out the window <laughs> And then, Fondle your sister. Move on. Move on. And now we have dragons. So, yeah. uh, what comes after that? More magical moments. More magical moments. Let's go on to the next most magical moment in our series. Mm-hmm. I think that people will agree that this is a pretty magical moment. A lot of us saw it coming, but right. some of us didn't. When Jon Snow comes back to life. Yeah. Back to life. Back to reality. <laughs> that was the song that was famously played. Yeah, and then they had to cut the it. Background. They, they had to cut it right at the yeah, right. Couldn't get licensing rights. The budget, Hollywood man. They spent know? it all on dragons and direwolves. I mean, it must have cost a lot to bring a man back to life. The yeah. only other, uh, the only other real familiar case of resurrection that I think most people would know mm. about would be in the stories of Christianity, yeah. where Jesus resurrected Lazarus. And then later was resurrected himself. Yeah. And those are the those are the most prominent stories in human culture. I think about resurrection. We can get into zombies. We'll get into that in our next moment. Right. But uh, as far as a person a person truly coming back, and and being reanimated and being who they were, there's reincarnation. But we're talking resurrection. And there's also right. there's also the Egyptian sense of like. Uh... Um, coming back as, and kind of going on to the netherworld, mm-hmm. but coming back in that sense. And there's a bit of resurrection there. Right. You go through, you follow, if you follow the instructions in the Book of the Dead, you get to mm-hmm. the, the the god with the alligator for a head. They weigh your heart against a, a feather. Yeah. And if your heart's heavier than a feather, then the alligator eats you into eternity and you're no more. You just don't exist anymore. But if your heart is 
as light or, or lighter than a feather, <laughs> meaning that you don't have any uh, sins, weighing, sins you down. weighing you down, then uh, then you, you pass into eternal life. And luckily, if you're lucky yeah. enough, you were wrapped up in a nice little sleepy mummy bag and with in- all your... With all your possessions around you, and Anubis is a big part of that, and he's a cool, he's a cool like god because he he's got cool. a jackal head. Yeah, it's cool. He's cool. And we cross into, and it's 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 an interesting subject, the one of magic, because you you look throughout history, and then you start to say, okay, well, at what point does this is this no longer occult magic, and is this a a religion? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Because uh, you know, there's some people who, if magic is is real and real to them. Uh, they don't use the word magic. Maybe it's just a straight-up belief system. Yeah, and there's also, there's always the, um, I forget where this comes from, but the magic, uh, advanced technology is also sometimes seen as like a form of magic until you understand it. Right. Or the <laughs> no, world... I said that earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to. I tried to. I yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it was, and when we talk about the dragons too, they're kind of a form of that because they're like, you know, weapons of mass destruction, they're magic, but you can just make those tanks. If you brought tanks into the Middle Ages, people will see them as, like, these magical beasts. Right, and if you look at dragons and their anatomy, it seems like, well, maybe, you know, in another world they could have existed. Yeah. It's like it's unicorns. Just, when yeah. It's like unicorns. Of, there's nothing saying that unicorns can't exist. Unicorns is horn. like, that's a blind spot for some people where they just like assume a unicorn exists because they know a narwhal exists. Narwhals, and they know unicorns? like a horse exists. Why not a unicorn? I feel like if you throw a horn on anything else besides a a dolphin or a puppy or a, or a horse. Besides a puppy? Maybe a, maybe a puppy is a what I was going to say. I think a horn on a puppy. We're creating our own magical creatures. You know creatures what I want to talk about? Yes. I want to talk about how the Lord of Light is basically their faith system about yeah. you know bringing people back. And obviously we saw that with Thoros bringing back Beric mm-hmm. Dondarrion mm-hmm. multiple times. Yeah. But we saw it with Melisandre bringing back Jon. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like Abercadabra sweet like rabbit out of the hat magic. This is like <laughs> the dark magic where you like, you know... Say sacrifice your first child and whatnot for them. I yeah. mean, I don't know what Melisandre and her conversations with the Lord of Light is, but you know, it do- it doesn't seem like a pure thing. I mean, this is well, their faith. And what's interesting is when they resurrect, um, when they resurrect both of those guys, it didn't. They didn't have to sacrifice anyone really. It was yeah, they a... didn't. But you would think, like, because that's what we've seen. That's like in the past. There's always like sacrifices Sacrifice. for the dark magic. So, like in yeah. this show, they didn't have to. But we haven't really seen implications of you know the Lord of Light and any kind of sacrifice you have to make. So it, I mean, it is very magical. But in our eyes, at least me as a viewer, it appears as like a dark magic. I'm thinking like pet cemetery. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they shouldn't come back and and still be themselves and there not be something wrong with them or there there wasn't a sacrifice. Yeah. So it's also like Frankenhooker. Same problem happens in Frankenhooker. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. I'm gonna have to add that <laughs> to, the, to the watch list. Um, well, you know, uh, the closest thing that we actually have documented as far as resurrection goes, there is uh, a classified, or uh, there's a there's a scientific, clinically dead and back to life syndrome called Lazarus syndrome. Ooh. It's unexplained, but there have been several dozen reports since it was kind of discovered back in like the 1960s, uh, where it's a person has gone technically dead with their heart beat had stopped Mm -hmm. and it was only after they had the efforts of resuscitation have stopped Mm 
mm-hmm. even hours later that before we continue one of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors and today spotify is one of our sponsors on spotify you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free you don't even need a premium account spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic including the one you're listening to right now on spotify you can follow your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline wherever they are and you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on instagram if you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. I guess pressure that was built up was released and the heart like starts up again. Wow. People have been buried. <gasps> is that come something back to life. Is that something that still happens or is that just what like Probably back in the day. Yeah, or... it feels like yeah. what they Probably used to do so. back in the day is sometimes they used to bury a string with them that went to <laughs> yeah. a bell, and it's so right. if they're if so they can if they wake up in the grave Tied they can ring toe. the bell. That's actually a thing <laughs> that, that happened, thing. which yeah. is horrifying. Well, uh, coming back to life, hopefully, isn't something that we'll ever have to see or experience ourselves. But you will see. <laughs> I plan. That's I'm gonna have a big comeback. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> T- tie a bell to this guy. Tie a bell to me, because I'll be ringing in the new year. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but I also want to bring up, before we move on too, too much from uh, the resurrection, there's also in the Game of Thrones world, the Drowned God, mm. which uses, they have to drown and come back in order to be kind of uh, a part of the religion. And it's very, very close to the Lord of Light, who brings people back. From the dead, but you know the what is the, what is the it. saying? How's it go? What is what is dead may never die, or yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. Yeah, if that is how it is, and let's go with the, that. May dead may never die. I think that's what they say to each yeah. other. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know what? You know what? Yeah, you think about it. <laughs> I plan on living forever. So far, so good. Yeah. All right. If uh, I die, then I can't die. Right. Moving on to a very. Similar subject of uh, of coming back from the dead in a way is our next most magical moment when the White Walkers and their army of the dead, when the Night King rose that army of the dead. I love how this is the most magical moment. <laughs> it's not as, you know, Disney-esque magical, more as um, something that seems like it would be impossible becoming possible in front of Jon Snow's eyes. Right. We have this... Uh, this army of the dead being risen right in front of him, which is a power that at that point we didn't realize. I mean, we knew whites existed. Yeah. But we just, I mean, I assumed up until that point that that was just something that happened north of the wall. Is when you, if you died north of the wall, is just the magic of that. And right. you just kind of, but it, it, they're under the control of the White Walkers and namely the, the most control under the Night King. Right. Um, but these whites aren't living. These whites are undead. Mm-mm. Some would even call them zombies. <laughs> yeah. Some, except so, they don't have the same. You can't shoot them in the brain. That doesn't stop them. No, it doesn't. Well, in yeah. our in our world, uh, it goes going as far back, probably probably as far as human history. But um, we have archaeologists archaeologists have unearthed many ancient graves uh, from ancient Greece, which contain skeletons pinned down by rocks and other heavy objects, Ugh. assumedly to prevent dead bodies from reanimating. That's so just, people wow. have been fearful of this for a long time. And you know that's just a one guy in a coma that just came back. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, ah! No. 
No, you know Jim? Yeah, the guy who kicked it last week. Good, I hate that guy. No, no, no. He's back. He's back. Oh, we gotta kill him. <laughs> oh my god. We gotta... <laughs> Round two, Jim. Round two, Jim boy. Uh, Before we move on from the White Walkers, though, <laughs> yeah, I also magical. <laughs> yes, and I don't know if this is further down in the list. Is the dragon glass? Mm, right. Which is the only thing that can kill them, which I think is very magical. Because, like, for I mean, there are very few things that can only be killed by one means but they're always you know beasts and like disturbing and i mean that's when you know you got a real monster and something mm-hmm. mythical and magical in your hands if they can only be killed one way right. so yeah. i think the dragon glass itself is very magical also uh valerian steel too mm-hmm. yeah it's the same too yeah I, w- I would say to piggyback off of both of those um and Arn- some honorable mentions down here there's uh, also wildfire i think would be one of those magical burn and all his and Kyber and, and maesters in general. They yeah. seem to be yeah. like the wizards uh, of the modern world, who mm-hmm. most of them have kind of foregone magic and gone for more traditional scientific methods of thought. Mm-hmm. However, I think most of their um, foundational knowledge came from a, when they lived in a world that was more magical. Right. By the way, um, just to step back for dragons, uh, we, you talked about how they died off. That was because they were kind of bred to death inbred to death Mm. because they didn't want to do anything with the dragon so they kept them um chained up in their in their basements and that's why you saw dragon skulls get get, like smaller and smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. until they were just like nothing and they they weren't really used and so these new wilder dragons when they came back they they have the ferociousness of that they came from ferociousness that's a word ferociousness Tie a string to it. Well, um, also, Kyburn bringing back the mountain, I think, was pretty magical. That is yeah. kind of a resurrection thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, except you'll have the mountain who's not really himself, right? As the head of a dwarf, probably, or something, right? Or big uh, He does. He has the head of a dwarf in the book. Mm-hmm. In, the, uh, in the show, it's the head of the mountain. He's okay. just kind of come back. He's actually a lot like uh, the zombies of Haiti. When you talk about those zombies, which are usually people mm-hmm. who sometimes they don't even die, but they're just so under the 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 um, control of one master mm-hmm. that they become like ultimate servants to someone. Right. So that is actually closer to the original zombie myth. If you watch mm-hmm. the movie White Zombie, for instance, that's mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi like turning yeah. uh, a woman into uh, basically a zombie, and that's way before Night of Living Dead, which is more like the Whites. Except they're also have a master of their own, so right. they're also kind of more apt to yeah, the original t- Hades zombies. Yeah, the original Hades zombie. Those uh, is kind of the coin was turned at kind of the turn of the the twentieth century. Yeah, um, when they're going through translations, and yeah, the original myth of it all was was from the sla- the the slaves of Dominican Republic, right? Who uh, in which is now or, or Haiti. Which, um, which is very sad. Cause it's a sad. It's a sad it's thing probably to, just to like, want to to leave your your own earthly body to to enter into a world of peace because you're just you have yeah. a master raining down on you and your generations. I mean, it's a sad origin story, and I can see how escaping into the world of the zombie might have been yeah. mentally beneficial. Magic, it's more magic. It, magic is real to those who believe in it. I think it was for them. Crush psychology, which is probably what it. Actually, is psychosis. <sighs> Speaking Anyways. of psychosis, who wants to <laughs> play a game? Yay! <laughs> Games! It's a good so, transition. <laughs> so, um, for those who are listening on iTunes, please 
check us out on youtube.com slash TV where you can watch our trick. I'll do my best to try to explain oh, it to boy. you, to those who are listening. But uh, we also have... Oh my god. Yeah. You can watch. I don't think we've ever used that camera. No. <laughs> We got a few more things to get through, but I'll, I'll go through the trick <clears throat> as quickly and eloquently as I can. So, um, in our in our story of Game of Thrones, we start off with the let's call them the Jacks, the Lumberjacks of Game of Thrones, which uh, let's call them the Starks, right? We got all the Stark, the Stark family. Uh, they're you know they're noble, they're they're righteous, but they all fall one at a time. We see them all falling. Same with the queens, like Queen Marjorie, the Queen of Thorn. Uh, we'll call these the Tyrells, the Tyrells and the Starks. All these different houses coming together, intricate plots. The kings, the Baratheons, you know, King Robert and and uh, Stannis and Renly and uh, I mean Joffrey. He was a Baratheon, right? Technically, mm-hmm. so we got the kings of Westeros, and the richest of them all were the Aces. The Lannisters. The Lannisters. It's Littlefinger with us right now. <laughs> Littlefinger's the one dealing. With okay, them. of that's course his, he is. That's his magic name. <clears throat> little, his big and so, so we got all these, uh, all these characters and all these houses, and this that we start off with them all together, but we end up with these intricate plots that toss them in with each other. People, people die. People get thrown in jail. We're people have the hands curses. Of Georgia R right now. Yes. <laughs> And I don't even finish the trick, <laughs> like George R. R. Martin. Um, Tune in two years from now <laughs> to see how this trick is finished. Just shuffling up a little bit, you guys. Go ahead and you can cut the deck. Okay. You, like you cut off Ned Stark's head. Oh. The, Kristen, would you like to cut off yeah, yeah. someone's head? Definitely. Yes, Here we finish go. the cut. Uh, you can do one more if you want. No. Sure. Sure. Yes, right. Yeah. I mean, it feels keep, like it's three years. Keep cutting. Keep yeah. Cutting. There you go. So. Um, no matter how many times <laughs> our characters are beheaded or or imprisoned or turned into grayscale men or, <laughs> or or get tossed around throughout the, the the world of Game of Thrones, we always meet at this table to pay tribute and homage to the queens Whoa! to the kings. Lannisters always pay their debts. And we're always that rooting for so the Starks. Cool. For those of you listening oh, really on iTunes, impressive. yeah, the Queens, the Kings, the Jacks, and the Aces were all on four separate piles together, and now they're all together Ta-da! in Ta-da! one pile. Four for one, one. I you don't gotta, think I explained that, you but you guys, yeah, you gotta watch <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. Check it out. It's our little uh, uh, house of cards. No, wait, it's a different it, show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Game of cards. Game of cards. Game of pick a house, any house. Yes, indeed. Yes. Abracadabra, abracadu. Like moving on. What say you? Uh, Jock and Hagar right. changing his face. Hey, it's that's like, a that's great where we moment. are. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you guys liked the trick. That was great. I, I used to want to be a magician when I was younger. I thought it'd be so much fun. Oh, yeah. well, you are. You are a magician. I'm a wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. Um, but I always, I always thought Jock and Hagar was like the most magical for me. Honestly, right. I mean, changing your face and just like the process that we saw Arya go through in the House of Black and White. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, and being blind. I mean, everything in Jock and Hagar's world is magical. The coin mm-hmm. that he gave her. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, it's the journey of of Arya is very like is very trial and tribulations of the hero, you know, going mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. magical like Hercules went through his twelve trials and it feels like she's going through her own. Mm-hmm. And I mean, from the especially like she said, from the blind, yeah, to to see again. That's a very it's a something that's more you know biblical I guess you right. could it is draw very biblical parallels to that the house of black and white itself was a really magical place it really you know took you to this feeling of the occult like this mm-hmm. this there's a lot of magic can happen here I know that they had like physical faces but mm-hmm. like in like in Mission Impossible you know where they would like peel it off mm-hmm. but I think it, what I think it's even more magical next when we first saw Jack and change his face right in front of us he kind of like turned around and did this thing you know what I just realized. Hmm. Michael Jackson video for black and white. <laughs> he does the same exact thing. Oh my he god! He changes his face. That's white. And he keeps oh changing god. his face. He is one of the faceless. He, and, and he's he's yes. quite a, a, a musical wizard himself. But yeah, Jack Nagar was definitely that moment was one of the more magical moments where we realized, wow, this guy can. I mean, do, are his powers bound by anything? I mean, yeah. it's almost like he's a genie. I name a name, they die. You know, and, yeah. and yeah. It, his powers are. We, we're in a world where Arya, we can see the the, we can see her transition and her change, and so it becomes less magical and more of like assassin skills. Mm-hmm. But you still look at Jack and Agar like a, like a like a wizard. I yep. do at least. For sure. Um, speaking of wizards and witches, let's go to our most. I would think the most powerful witch in the show, Melisandre, yeah. the red, the red woman. Yeah, and I think the most. <laughs> I wouldn't say yeah. magical, but the scene that really magical injected this feeling of, wow, what is possible yeah. in this show, and what is she capable of, was when Melisandre gave birth to her shadow baby. Shadow yeah. baby, remember that. Cutest, yeah, from cutest baby from Stannis's scene. It was so disgusting, so and the way we watched it being birthed and then killing Renly. That was <laughs> almost too much magic, and and the, it you know, was it was a lot of magic for the sh- for the show. Yeah. So it, it did it did it was surprising for the show because it seems like we're so used to kind of a reserved quality to it. And this right. was the first time where it's like, okay, it was almost out, it was almost cheating in a way. Yeah, it was like, but then she said, oh, I can't do that again, and so it kind of brought it back down to earth. I right. mean, Melisandre uh, has she she wears a necklace to have eternal youth. She mm-hmm. practices blood magic, fire mag, you know, She's fire a- rituals. She sacrifices people. This is this is stuff that has real world parallels to our history of of witches. Wicca, the real the, world, more yeah. contemporary witchcraft. I just remembered something. So mm. Cal Drogo's like midwife, that Mara Mazder, when she performs the mythical ritual, and it actually causes Khaleesi's child to be unborn. That's mm-hmm. sort Curse. of cursed this and the blood uh, magic and like yeah. a sacrifice. One of the ones that we see in this that was show. One of the first, yeah, and she was burned to death for it, which the Lord of Light probably appreciated. But we can see definite evidence of some kind of Lord of... I mean, the the old gods, yeah. we don't really see much evidence that they are actively participating in this world. But mm-hmm. when we see uh, Thor... Th- um, uh, yeah, uh, Thoros, Thoros of Mir mm-hmm. and Melisandre worshipping the Lord of Light and the Lord of Light is responding in kind when we have a real mythical magical force on mm-hmm. our hands 
and it seems to be one of the more powerful ones in the story. Yeah, because they tried to bring back Khal Drogo, and yeah. it did not work. Mm-mm. They didn't ask the right lord. <laughs> to to end on kind of a lighter note, I do I wanted to bring up maybe the closest things we have to the Christmas elves. Yeah. Which yes. are the children, children of the forest. I love it. Granted, yeah. instead of creating toys for kids, they've created the White Walkers. Yes. But uh toys I feel of the, like yeah. of the gods. If Santa exists in the Game of Thrones world, is Santa's probably working with the children of the forest. And who would Santa be? Probably the Night King, because <laughs> it's Game of Thrones. And despite looking like Apollo Twigs, they are friends with fire and use that. Fireballs. <laughs> They're throwing fireballs. You're like, okay, and then reanimated skeletons. I mean, there's a lot of magic when it comes to Children of the Forest, arguably yeah. the oldest creatures in Westeros, as far yeah. as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other there's other magical shout-outs. Wargs being able to yes. just travel into the mind of a creature. Orel. Uh, giants. Pet eagle. Uh, Hodor. Oh. And to end, I'd say the most magical, and this is my thought on it, uh, mm-hmm. the most magical being uh, slash moments that we have are a result of the existence of the Three-Eyed Raven. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's ultimately the most magical corner of the Game of Thrones world that hasn't necessarily been entirely explored yet. Mm-hmm. We've seen flashbacks with Bran seeing into the future right. of the Iron Throne. That's parallels to our, you know, psychics, Miss Cleo, clairvoyance, you know, people who um, claim to be mediums through the spiritual world. Um, but ultimately, I mean, we've, through scientific method, you guys should check out the, um, the documentary An Honest Liar by James Randi. It's great. It's great. really You've good. You've seen it? Mm-hmm. Great yeah. documentary. It shows kind of uh, how uh, magic in our world is one thing, but claiming that magic is real for the exploitation of other people's beliefs is another. Yeah, yeah. Right. And there's a fine line to walk because I believe magic is real. But that depends on what I believe magic is. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked I asked uh, Kristen, what do you think magic is, Dave, to end, uh, to end uh, on our note? I think magic is what's in your heart and your friends and family nearby you. <laughs> Amen. Did you get that from a fortune cookie? <laughs> I, just, I just got it myself because I... I've been Santa Claus all along. <laughs> Whoa, he just changed his face. You guys really got to watch that YouTube channel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> guys, um, this has been fun. You know, we, there was so much more we could have dove into. The Warlocks. Prophets. Of course. Jeez. Oracles and of Delphi and Nostradamus. And, uh, Kicking people's... Uh, Genitals. Santa Claus. Magic hey, where's your Santa sweater, you guys? I'm Santa sweater. He is Santa. He is Santa. Sweaty. Everything he wears is a Santa sweater. Dave Child, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me at Mr. Dave Child on the Twitter and the Instagrams, and also Dave Child because I'm Dave Child. Uh, DaveChild.com. Dave <laughs> also, check out on uh, the top of my Twitter and at DaveChild.com. Look at my new music video where I'm dancing. Uh, and uh, came out pretty good, so check it out. All right, excellent. <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out. And you can check me out at Cinematic Escape on all the social mediums. I, I will. You know I will. I love you guys. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas. holidays. Yeah. Happy New Year. Definitely. From all of us here at the AfterBuzz TV studios, I'm Ryan Malati. And always remember, you are loved, and magic is real. Wow. Ah. <laughs> See you next time.
<laughs> See you next Our year. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.